Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org. Hi, and welcome to the Employment First Podcast. I'm Julie Huber with the Office of Developmental Disability Services. Today, I'm really lucky to have Gabrielle Gadon, Executive Director of the Oregon Self-Advocacy Coalition, dropping in to chat with us about the coalition and all the great work it does. Sometimes you'll hear us refer to the coalition as OSAC. So welcome, Gabby. We're so excited to have you here today and chatting with us with all the great work that you and OSAC do. Can you tell me a little bit about your role with the coalition? I run the Col- the Oregon Self-Advocacy Coalition. I do everything from helping people do presentations, doing advocacy. We also do policy work. We have four committees that self-advocates can join, from healthcare to employment to legislative, and a really new, exciting one, which is housing. Wow. Can you tell me a little bit about your employment committee and the work you do there? At the Employment Committee, we do a lot of different projects. We just got finished up with an Employment Provider Guide, which we're really excited about. It's been a couple of years. This Employment Provider Guide will help people be able to choose the employment provider they want and how they want their services to be ran. Wonderful. It sounds very helpful. Can you tell us a little bit about what OSAC does, and I want to say before you answer this, that OSAC is really unique across the country. There are a lot of self-advocacy groups, and that's wonderful, but I think it's really unique that OSAC is its own nonprofit, and you are the executive director of that nonprofit. So can you tell us a little bit about what OSAC has delved into and, and uh, how you guys advocate? So OSAC is very extensive. We do everything from policy work to doing projects and presentations throughout the nation. We do a lot of our work is actually in state, though. We do a lot of different projects from toolkit to employment provider guide. We have our own peer-to-peer program. And we're actually soon going to be coming out with new programs that I know that the community will really enjoy. Um, we are still working on it, so I can't talk too much about it. But we also do a lot of t- talking with senators and representatives to make sure policies are being met for people with disabilities. We have a lot, of, a lot of also have a lot of allies in the community that we work together to reach goals. Recently, you gave some very powerful testimony in front of the Oregon State Legislature. I wondered if you talked to us a little bit about that and why it was so important to you to give your testimony to that committee. It was really important because I actually am someone with a disability. I have an intellectual and developmental disability as well as a medical condition. I was told twice I was too disabled to work. And to be able to give this testimony to end subminimum wage was really important because I feel that everybody who with or without a disability has a right to be able to make a living wage so they can live their lives to the fullest and be independent. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you would say to someone, um, and maybe their family too, when they've been told that they're quote unquote too disabled to work? I never believe someone's too too disabled to work. It's just finding out what they like to do and what they're passionate about. 
passion is behind everybody's work. And so making sure that person, no matter if it's anything from being a grader, being an executive director like myself, or being able to work wherever they want with the skills they have, they can do it. We just need to find out what's their passion and what they like to do and what positions would fit them. Can you talk a little bit about your path from the shelter workshop to your current position and how that worked? So when I was told I was too disabled to work, I ended up with the shel- in a shelter workshop. A shelter workshop is where people get paid pennies per product. From there, I was able to go back to Voc Rehab for a third time and finally found a um, Voc Rehab person that would actually listen to me, and she was able to give me a job in the community. I was lucky enough to work at Lexi Dog in Portland, Oregon, in the Pearl District, and then I Community Vision had this position they were wanting to create for employment outreach specialist, and I was able to actually go and build relationships with HR departments and community members to be able to help other people get jobs in the community like I got the chance myself. And then I was able to uh, interview for this position with my background. After also, when I was working, I was also volunteering for OSAC, and so I had knowledge and was able to interview and get this position. I know there's a a lot of people, and and this is everyone in in the world. You, when you look for a job, when you advance in your career, sometimes we end up doing things we never imagined. And uh, can you talk a little bit about stepping into your role and the learning process, how that's come along? Because you do so many things, including testifying in front of the the legislature, which so many people have never done, um, and really advancing policy and OSAC's message. So how has how have you grown into that? I actually, surprisingly, I got support from my members of OSAC. The people I actually work for are the ones that really gave me the strength and cheered me on the whole time. I also had our funder, the Oregon Council on Developmental Disability, who have been my biggest allies. They have supported me. They've gave me training and advice on uh, different aspects of my job and supported me through the journey. I also have my allies like Julie and other people that have also cheered me on as well. Are you a special education teacher or transition specialist in Oregon? Want to stay up on the latest news, policies, and trends impacting employment services for people with developmental disabilities? Tune in to the Oregon Employment First podcast on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Experts from the Youth Transition Program, Pre-Employment Transition Services, and the Oregon Department of Education are featured in this podcast, along with educators and students. Tune in. How do you think things have changed now uh, that we're in the real, that employment first has grown so much in the state? How do you think things have changed from the past? I think that and the, we still have a ways to go, but I think with the Lane versus Brown lawsuit, we've been able to change and actually give more people chances to have the jobs that they want and to live the lives they want. I think that Voc Rehab is starting to work better together, but as a community, we can make the employment journey for people with disabilities better. And we just talked a little bit about the guy that that, uh, 
You just did. And my understanding is, is it's about helping people make good choices. And one of the messages I've always really enjoyed from you and think it's spot on is that people need to speak up and that sometimes it's really hard. Can you talk a little bit about how to overcome that fear so you find your voice and use your voice? I, I feel that um, to speak up, sometimes it's not even speaking. Some people actually, I started out with writing what I wanted to say and then reading it or handing it to somebody. So speaking up, it's speaking in any way that is comfortable to you and standing up for your rights. Even if you're just telling somebody that you know that's speaking for you, that's how you can have your voice. I um, Just uh, five years ago, I didn't have as big of a voice. And with the support and being able to use those techniques, I was able to start saying what I wanted and was able to get a job. Can you talk a little bit about, I was thinking about this today when I was preparing for this interview. You're a manager, you're an executive director of, a, of an organization. And with that requires management skills and diplomacy. And having seen you in many venues, talking to many people from uh, directors to uh, legislators to advocates to policymakers, I've noticed that you're a great diplomat. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you communicate your message and how you work that diplomacy in there? It took me a while to actually gain that skill. It was really just experimenting with how I said things. and really talking to other people that have done it, getting feedback on what they saw. I also um, was able, you have to take the motion out of the communication sometimes with people because you want to give them the information, but you don't want to have kind of bogged down the conversation with the emotion. So being able to give them the knowledge that you have without it, you know, kind of diving into the personal aspect of it. I do uh, a lot of times speak up and uh, tell my member stories when they don't feel comfortable doing them. So being able to say, this is this is what's going on and this is how we can change the community to better the lives of people. Can you talk about the value of being independent? I think so many times people think of job coaching, and I'm an old job coach, so I'll, I'll say that right now. Sometimes when we job coach, we think we need to be very, uh, very present. People need to know that we're there. Employers need to know that we're there. Um, but we all have different kinds of supports, but usually they're not visible. They're in the background because that promotes independence. Can you talk a little bit about your journey and independence and how you like to be supported? So my journey has been rocky. I've been lucky to have a job coach through Dirks. Her name's Sarah, and she has been able to help me through the process. And she does everything from assisting me with work stress, saying this is some techniques to handle this. She helps me learn new programs and is able to stay, stay in the background and it's not always like her being present while I'm doing my work. It's teaching me behind the scenes so I can do it myself at the end of the day. And so the importance of independence and not having someone always there is giving the chance to stand up for yourself and doing it yourself. But having the training helps you be able to do it. 
what would you say to uh, to people in field, service coordinators or providers who are working with people, especially people who may be really reluctant to look at employment, who've had bad experiences in the past? How do you think we can best support people to at least consider employment? I would really encourage them to talk to them about joining an advocacy group, um, even if it's not the Oregon Self-Advocacy Coalition, because when you join an advocacy group and you talk about different situations with other people, you're able to problem solve and say, I've done this, you can do it too, and I'm here to stand by your side. We also hold a peer-to-peer mentoring program, and it's still active in Central Oregon. They've taken it on for themselves, but um, really encouraging them to do the peer mentor aspect too. And also giving all the knowledge possible to the people so they can choose what they want to do. And seeing stories and talking to people who have been successful at jobs. That's great. I'm really glad you went there because that's really what I wanted us to end with and talk about how to get involved with OSAC. So you can uh, go on our Facebook page and contact us at any time. We have our contact information on there. You can also message us. You can call us if you need assistance. You can have someone call us and we will talk to you and talk through the process over the phone. We also have email and we also have a web page itself. So there's many ways to get involved with us. A lot of brokerages, we've also passed out brochures. So look for some brochures in your local areas. And if you know of a place that doesn't have the brochures, let us know and we'll make sure to get them out there as soon as possible. Am I remembering correctly, uh, Gabby, is your website www.askosac.org? Yes. Is that right? And you talked about a lot of committees that you're doing. I think you said you have a committee on housing, employment. What else? housing, employment, health care, and we also have a legislative committee where we talk and make goals for OSAC to go to the legislators, which are senators and representatives, and be able to advocate your story, and we can support you to do that as well. And what I'm hearing you say is all you need to do is pick up the phone or send an email, get on a Facebook page, and you can get involved with OSAC. Yes. Are there any closing thoughts you'd like to leave us with about OSAC, about employment? We're strength behind numbers. The more voices we have, the stronger we get, and the more stories we can have. And at the end of the day, we want to hear your employment stories, and we also want to support you in your life with your goals from housing, any aspect of your life. Get in touch with us, and we'll be able to work with you to help your voice be heard. Well, I want to thank you today so much, Gabby, for joining us. I think you've given a lot of great information about the coalition. And even though you weren't able to share with us on your future projects, it sounds like they're pretty exciting. And we look for a lot of great things to come from OSAC. Again, thank you so much for your time today and being with us. Thank you. Do you or someone in your family experience an intellectual or developmental disability and want to learn more about Oregon's employment services for people with disabilities? Tune in to the Oregon Employment First podcast on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Hear about employment success stories and learn from experts and people working in the field about what is happening in Oregon to support people with developmental disabilities to work in community jobs.